Hey there, my name is Chris Rivers, and I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to Deerfoot Conversations. The goal of these conversations are to share how Deerfoot helps build godly men. In this interview, I speak with Dr. Scott Barnett and Chief Craig. Scott works as a professor of outdoor education at Simpson University, and Chief Craig is the director of Deerfoot Lodge at Aranda. Today, we'll discuss the second part of Deerfoot's mission. Okay, let's listen in on our conversation. Well, hey guys, how you doing? Doing great, Chris. Thanks for having us on. Doing excellent. I'm especially excited because we're going to get to talk about Christian community with someone that I've shared in Christian community with. It's so awesome to be reunited with you, Scott. Maybe you could just start us off by sharing with us the basics of your Deerfoot story. What connects you into Deerfoot and its mission? Well, thanks. It's great to see you again, Craig, and to talk with you and to meet you, Chris. And it's always a pleasure yeah. to talk with the Deerfoot community. Yeah, for me, my Deerfoot story started when I was 12, but it goes way back before that. Um, the My family has been part of Deerfoot almost since its start. Uh, my great uncles were both uh, worked at Deerfoot as, as doctors. Uh, then my dad was uh, a longtime counselor and actually uh, a lone eagle. And uh, so I always wanted to go to Deerfoot, but wasn't able to start going until I was 12. And my parents sent me all the way across the country from Arizona. Uh, started two sessions my first summer and two sessions every summer after that as a camper, pioneer, mm -hmm. Indian, uh, voyageur, the first ever trip down the Allagash. I uh, was on that trip, touched a wild moose. That was really dumb. Um, and then I was a guide, counselor, and my brother and I made it our goal. Well, you might know my brother. My brother's now the chef at uh, at ADK. Uh, he's been the chef okay. there for a while. Chief Sean's wow. my brother. So yeah, we, I went the route of going to counselor and, and Sean went the route of going into the kitchen and we loved what we did and we stayed with it. And, uh, you know, I, I did a number of years, then moved my way up to being Island section chief, eventually was blessed to get my Lone Eagle a uh, year after Sean. So I, I wasn't able to do it with him, but, um, and then even after that, I came back when I was in my thirties and came back as a counselor and a guide leader um, when I was working on my PhD and then actually did my PhD research looking at spiritual growth at camp and happened to use Deerfoot as one of the camps that I researched. So wow. a pretty extensive story. Yeah, so cool. It is really hard to get any more tied into Deerfoot than you've been, Scott. And yet I love that, you know, we're going to see as we talk further here, you've experienced Christian community and, and some of the principles that, that make Deerfoot what it is outside of Deerfoot as well as here. You, you're somebody who, who has lived a, uh, a Deerfoot life, a Christian life in a, a lot of different contexts and done so, done so well uh, and in a way that honors the Lord. As we get into the meat of what we're talking about today, I think it, this is probably a good time for me to just lay down a reminder of what the Deerfoot mission is. Uh, yeah. The mission of Deerfoot Lodge is building godly men in a Christ-centered community through wilderness camping. And those of you that have been listening to this podcast before will remember that Chief Ron has already spoken to the basics of the Deerfoot mission. And today, we're going to focus in specifically on what Christ-centered community means in general and what it means at Deerfoot. 
And so Scott, as someone that's researched this and has lived it at Deerfoot and elsewhere, can you just start by describing for us what Christ-centered community looks like, what the distinctives are of Christ-centered community? Yeah, well, uh, I think it's really interesting to ask that question now. Uh, there's nothing like a global pandemic to show us our need for community. Um, mm -hmm. When we're forced to be isolated, when we're forced to be alone or just with our families, we see our need for fellowship, for, for community, right? And we often don't realize how much we need something until it's taken away. Yeah. And so as, as churches have struggled not being able to meet together in person, we see that you cannot have real true community th through a video call like we're doing right now through uh through zoom meetings you know that's that's okay it's a good substitute but it can't replace meeting face to face that need for us to have relationship we're made for a relationship you know the the creation story shows that god made us because he wanted to enjoy fellowship he already had perfect community in the trinity and yet he wanted out of the overflow of his love to share that relationship with other people. And so the deepest longing of our heart is to share relationship with, with other people. And so church can't be just this experience of I go and I listen um, to someone speak at me for an hour. Maybe I get involved by singing a little bit and then I just go home. It has to be us sharing our lives together as we see modeled in, in the book of Acts. So the beauty of Deerfoot is that we get to live in that kind of community in an, in an intense environment for a number of weeks and we get to share life together. Uh, so I guess if I had to boil it down, I'd say shared life together is the essence of, of Christian community. Yeah, that's, good. that's such a good word. And it, it reminds me of my longing for my own church community for us to do more than just sit in chairs, listen to speakers, maybe sip a cup of coffee. And I mean, our whole lives are meant to be immersed in the work of the church together. Mm. Um, one of my, my greatest learning moments as a camp director was one night on the island, we had a camper ask a great question of the staff and I. He said, just simply, how can I sustain my faith after I leave camp? And I gave some long-winded answer about spiritual disciplines. And, um, you know, I felt really brilliant for what I'd said, but no one was listening. And <laughs> briefly after that, one of the counselors on the island raised his hand. And he said, Chief Craig, can I say something too? And I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he just got up and he said, guys, find a church and get to work. And then he sat back down. And uh, it, it comes down to the fact that we need shared experiences not only does the world need the work of the church but the church needs to do that work mm. in order to have a bond that's more than just you know a shared cup of coffee and sitting silently together listening to a sermon and that's some of what happens at Deerfoot I, I don't know if you felt that longing too Scott but that's something that's been true of my life oh definitely and, and you're exactly right Craig I think that um, getting immersed in the church but but not just oh, I go to church on Sunday. Right. Uh, I think, unfortunately, we've set a bad model for church um, in, in the West, especially, but much of the world has this, this model of church is I'm a, an audience member. 
mm-hmm. a passive receiver of Christianity, not an active participant in the Christian life. Right. And, and community gives us that opportunity to one, to share in each other's lives, to know the deep uh, longings of each other's hearts, to know what's going on rea- in reality beyond just the facades that we can put up on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning. But like you were alluding to there, Craig, shared work. I think every Deerfooter knows the beauty of shared work, of mm-hmm. being not only not only doing hard things like cutting down trees or whatever that kind of work, but being a part of a mission together. And as counselors, we know that we're all there together to pour into the lives of, of the young men we've been entrusted with. Um, right. So many people go to church and are not part of the work. And so they don't feel needed. They don't feel like they have anything to do. And so it, it just has no deep meaning in their lives. Um, and the community that we engage in at, at Deerfoot gives that common participation in a shared mission and shared work. Yeah. One of my favorite pictures of that happening in real time at Deerfoot happens during staff training. The very first thing we do when guys arrive is basically they, they arrive quickly. We have them stash their gear in a cabin. They don't really do a lot of unpacking. And, and then we gather to pray. And before that, you know, there's some awkwardness. There's some some standing around. The guys that have been around a few years and know each other, they'll, they'll give out hugs and they're, they're excited to see their friends. But for those that are not as used to Deerfoot, that's a really uncomfortable moment. But all of a sudden, Ken Hoffman, our maintenance director, and a few other leaders call the group together. They pray together. And then they just unload the docks and build the waterfront at Deerfoot, which is like backbreaking hard work for three hours. And it's a, in some ways, it's sort of a jarring way to arrive at Deerfoot and that like, man, this is going to be tough. That actually in itself is a good lesson on the side. But more so than anything else, what happens when these staff guys dig in immediately and start a hard project together is that by dinner time, they now have one thing in common. They have done something hard that maybe they weren't even sure they could pull off and they did it well. That's the start of a bond. And from that connection, you build a comfort level where you can so much more quickly and effectively get to real talk about where we're at in life and our walk with Christ. I mean, that same night, most staff trainings uh, will close the night uh, by breaking bread together and, and going to the Lord's table. And the activity is a pathway to connection at a, at a more meaningful level. Yeah, and, and that makes me think of so many conversations I've had with young men who are in college, uh, who've, who have been at Deerfoot, they've been campers, or they've been staff members, and they're like, I just can't find that same bond that I had with the guys at Deerfoot. Mm-hmm. And they ask me over and over, how do I, how do I get that? And yeah, you know, some, somewhat there's like a secret, there's a secret sauce or whatever that, that happens in the ADKs or um, hopefully is happening now in North Carolina, but also we're not having shared experiences together. And community comes from shared experiences. And like you've just said, also hard experiences, having challenge together. It doesn't have to be labor necessarily, but doing hard things together creates a common bond in the way that you know the military, the band of brothers concept, because they've had 
shared challenges. It's not just challenges, it's any shared experiences. So the, the, the men who are, who are my age, you know, 40s or, or older, know that it's hard to make friends at this age um, because mm-hmm. you don't have shared experiences with, with people. When you start from, hey, well, what do you like? Oh, I like football, you like football. Okay, we can be friends. All you have then is to talk about those things you have in common. But when I get together with my buddies from college or my buddies from Deerfoot, we go back and talk about the experiences that we've had together. And we have, we've gone deep together. We've revealed our true selves, even when we didn't want to sometimes. Um, and so that's a, a much deeper bond than just, hey, yeah, we both like the same things. Or, hey, we can talk about our jobs or the weather together. Um, that's a shared experiences create that bond. Yeah, you're so right. I'm thinking of you right now, Chris, because I think you and I have something in common in terms of the way we've created some connections with the the folks around us. I meet with a men's group once a week, and our our rule is we're getting together to do a Bible study, but we're always going to go for a run or a bike ride or get out snowshoes or something before we sit down and talk about our feelings. We're going to going to get out there and go through something together and I I think you've shared with me before how you run with some guys I've seen on Strava that you uh you're you're working hard using using the bodies that the Lord's given you together with some other men I I think that's been a catalyst for some connection for you too am I right yeah we actually not long ago I started a boot camp style men's study and I, it was one of the things that I didn't think it would be as cool, but it became cool. We've got a bunch of studies at our church, men's roundtable studies. And so we did the first study of man and his work. It was seven weeks. And so we, I invited eight guys and I gave them all a cinder block. And I was like, okay, you come 515. I know it's super early. We're going to work out for 30 minutes. And then we're going to connect for 30 minutes afterwards and talk about the content. And at the end of the seven weeks, we I actually got a stencil and spray painted the study on the center block, which was like, you know, it was like whatever, you know, but that moment was like so catalytic and that group was, is still meeting. I just came off that group to have somebody else lead it, but uh, they're still meeting and they still got those cinder blocks. So it is kind of cool to be able to create, as you were saying, Scott, activity is a pathway and I and I'm seeing that even now it's a light bulb moment that's so cool I, I, it's been fun for me I know I know you guys do that so well at deer but yeah I, I, I that's that's awesome Chris and I love talking deerfoot I also love finding these transferable principles that sort of feel like such a mystery the the secret sauce of deerfoot I think I heard you say that Scott yeah um, yeah and finding out the ways that they can work in other places. Scott, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you've had to create Christian community uh, in a college setting in a couple different places now. Anything you can tell us about the work you do at Simpson and how you build community there and, you know, specific mm-hmm. methods? Yeah, just before getting on to talk with you guys, I was, I was emailing my students and inviting them over to my house uh, for barbecue. And so one of my goals with my students is any student that has me for a class, I want to have them in my house for a meal at least once in the semester. That's that's, that's kind cool. of a standing goal. And it's been hard with COVID. It's been really hard for me because I'm an extrovert and I want to be around people. 
Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's so much harder to build relationships. We've been on Zoom for a bunch of the semester. Um, fortunately, we're back in person now, but you know, through Zoom, you can't have that same kind of interaction. But right. going back to, to that idea is food. And I'm just gonna throw a shout out to my brother, Sean. Chief Sean, you know, creates <laughs> great food at, at Deerfoot. And yeah. way before Sean was there, there was there was great food at Deerfoot. Like I, I love Wazi. He's my hero, and I still use Wazi spice on my hikes. Um, <laughs> but meeting around food, there's a reason why, not just the symbolism of, of the Lord's Supper, but the gathering together over a meal. Yeah. If you think about almost all of our instances of building community, happen over food. Hey good to meet you. Hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. Oh, you want to gather for breakfast? Hey, let's do a potluck, right? So sitting together around a meal is a, is a bonding time. It's a, it's a huge discipline for families. Families need to gather around a meal. But think about if you're a camper for two weeks at Deerfoot, how many meals you share together with your cabin, mm-hmm. right? That's a lot of time together that's over right. a meal. And that's... Uh, I, I can still remember times in the dining hall at Deerfoot. I can remember singing the songs together, but I can remember playing waiter, which was a stupid game and like uh, conversations and pranks and all kinds of things just sitting around the table. And that's just one aspect of community, but that's a huge aspect of community yeah. that really is awesome at Deerfoot. Yeah, that's great. And I, I love that you're, broadening our conversation about some of these these simple ways that we can build community because it's not like you need to be some like distance runner in order to build relationships you, yeah you can exercise with people you can haul docks you can share a meal together you can teach together you know like i i teach a sunday school class at our church and i've gotten close with the other teachers that i get to work with and mm-hmm. uh, i have worked with uh, the youth group at our church and the parents of the students and there's so many ways for us to connect but very few of them are sitting silently together listening to a speaker right Right. Um, so anyway that's that's a good word i I just want to point out you know some of how you know we've talked about this word catalyst we've talked about how christian community is a catalyst for the ministry of deerfoot in a number of different ways. And I just want to describe for a second how that happens. You know, it's more than this, but just to give a quick example, you know, Deerfoot is more affected, more more interested in effectiveness than we are in efficiency. Mm-hmm. And it would be really efficient for us to pile all the kids into a room, say Founders Lodge at Deerfoot 80K, or maybe it's the dining hall down at Deerfoot Blue Ridge, and bring in one really good speaker to talk to all those kids. That's really efficient. It's really not going to get through to those kids in the way that a counselor can, who is living alongside those kids, Mm. and not just teaching, but demonstrating the gospel for the entire two weeks, so that at the end of that time, those campers know the kind of jokes that their counselor thinks is funny, they know the kind of foods that their counselor likes to eat. They know how their counselor responds to success and mm-hmm. failure and everything in between. They have seen them in hard times and easy times. They have endured together. They have laughed together. And essentially, 
they get from the from a good counselor what Jesus was imparting to his disciples, not just a word about what it is to be a Christian, but a demonstration. And so at Deerfoot, we're trying not just to teach, but to demonstrate. Uh, we're about personal interactivity over efficiency in, in a DL teaching model. We want to interact so that our campers can live alongside a young man who is genuinely trying their best to live like Christ so that, that there's sort of an iron sharpens iron effect. I mean, they are, they are like substances, that camper and his counselor, and by putting them in contact, both can be sharpened. Yeah, and Craig, that's exactly right. Um, that was very clear in my dissertation research when I, when I interviewed people at Deerfoot, both counselors and staff, um, that inefficiency is radical in today's culture. Our, mm -hmm. our culture actually idolizes efficiency. Um, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. efficiency is not the way to bring about spiritual transformation. Mm. It's, it's not, there's no one, and it's not a good way to do even education, right? Right. Educators will tell you, this is not good education, but this is what, what money dictates, right? We put one teacher with 30 kids or whatever, but in the same way at camp, I'm going to go back to, to barbecue because I love barbecue and it's a great analogy, right? So barbecue you, is not grilling, right? I, I know Chris, you're in North Carolina, so I envy you and, and the barbecue you have over there. Yes. Uh, but so barbecue takes time, right? It's not, mm -hmm. it's not something that can happen quick. You don't just throw it on the grill real quick, right? Barbecue, I'm gonna make barbecue for my students on Wednesday. I'm preparing now, right? I go out and get the meat <laughs> and I get the rub and I put the rub on the meat and I don't want it to sit there for a long time. Uh, to start the process of getting that flavor and breaking it down. I'm going to soak the wood chips to get them really wet. So they're going to put out a really good smoke. And then I'm going to start 7 a.m. that morning to smoke that pork to get it ready for 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. It takes time, right? But what it does is it breaks down a cheap piece of meat and all the fat in there. It breaks down over time with that low, slow heat. Uh, and and it produces something really good at the end. Mm -hmm. So that's what community is like. It takes time. Mm -hmm. But no, we want to just show up to church and have like instant, okay, you know, I'm close to Jesus and I'm close to my friends because I spent an hour at church on a Sunday morning. Yeah. But we have to have that time together, uh, that time over shared meals, over hard experiences, over awesome games on the fields and hikes. Uh, all those things are part of that low, slow process. And, and Deerfoot is radical in that because more and more camps are like, oh, let's do a five-day session. Let's, you know, how quick can we get it? And, and Deerfoot's going the other way and saying, no, we want you to be there for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Because in order to get the growth, you got to be there longer. Mm -hmm. and so the true. longer student or campers stay at Deerfoot, the, the better the outcomes uh, in that growth. So even as I did research, the, the campers that stayed longer, and then the counselors were the ones that actually grew way more than the campers. Because <laughs> mm. guess what? Counselors are there eight weeks or 11 weeks with staff training. That's a lot of time uh, yeah. have that low, slow growth. But then to continue the analogy, 
breaking down. So I talked about breaking down the fats in the, in the meat to make really good tender barbecue. So we've got to break down our facades. That's the other ingredient to real true community. Mm. And we have to be real as men in saying, you know what, I'm weak. This is where I need help. Um, this is something that I struggle with. And that's where the real community happens. But often it takes time to get comfortable enough to where we can say, okay, I'm going to take off my mask and show you the real me. Or it yeah. takes something really hard that we've gone through together. Then we go, oh, I can't keep up this facade anymore. I got to let the real me out. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's on that bus hike. And so those ingredients all combine together to let us be our real selves with a group of other guys. And then that creates that, that true community, that true bond that um, allows us to go to Christ together and, uh, and really grow. That's a good word for us, Scott. Yeah, you're just yeah. reminding me of how like a perfect leader in a certain way is sort of a failing leader mm -hmm. because a leader needs to lead by initiating that transparency in some ways by mm -hmm. uh, letting their imperfections show at least in so far as to make it clear that their life is a life that Jesus is working on. Mm -hmm. That's how they have to be an example. In order for this ministry model to work for us to be putting godly leaders in contact with young men, we need those godly leaders. It takes godly men to build godly men. Yes. And so if anybody listening to this podcast knows a young man who could serve at Deerfoot Blue Ridge or Deerfoot Adirondack in any capacity, whether it's in the kitchen, on our maintenance team, as a counselor, put them in touch with Chief Nick or me. I'm Chief Craig at deerfoot.org. Chief Nick is Chief Nick at Deerfoot.org. And we're still looking for a few more guys. And the yeah. quality of those men, particularly the genuineness of their walk with the Lord, is critical to, yeah. uh, to the work that we do at Deerfoot. So if you know someone who fits the bill, point them our way. Well, thanks again, guys. I appreciate you sharing. You're welcome. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, we want to thank you for joining us. We also want to give you three ways you could get involved at Deerfoot. Number one, you could sign up for camp. We have limited openings with some session waitlisted already, but plenty of spots left to fill. So check out the link in the show notes. And number two, I'm going to also mention what Chief Craig said. You can apply to be on staff where you could become part of the mission, all while helping to raise a generation of godly men ready to change their world for the cause of Christ. So check out the link in the show notes for that as well. And number three, you could pray. Pray for staff recruitment and hiring decisions, wisdom and planning for camp and our Deerfoot staff as they prepare for this upcoming season. Follow us on Instagram and or Facebook for daily updates too. So thanks for joining us today and we look forward to joining you on the next episode. Like